Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for a very special and absolutely hilarious rewind of our recaps as uh, we are bringing you a best of our Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World recap for the movies that we covered a couple of years ago back in uh, 2018, right ahead of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. We covered Jurassic Park. The Lost World, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park 3, and Jurassic World. And what you're going to hear today is kind of a collection of the best of, the funniest moments, more so than just the best of. Uh, We don't really produce best of content here, so we should almost just retitle this uh, Attempt to be Funny Moments from the Jurassic World Recaps. Uh, But uh, we covered those movies for hours upon hours. I mean, this was in the early days of the Oz Network. I think the only uh, franchise that we had covered in entirety up until that point was the Spider-Man movies. And uh, the Jurassic Park recaps, the first one especially at the time that we recorded it, was one of the longest recaps we ever did. And I think the shortest one that we did was probably still about three hours and 15 minutes, somewhere around there. So there was a lot of material to pull from. And uh, uh, it has taken me much longer to listen to all of our episodes again than it has taken me to watch all the movies again, which I am still in the process of doing. But uh, this is all here presented today because we are very close, about a week away from Jurassic World Dominion, the final movie we think of the Jurassic Park franchise, uh, at least of this trilogy. And uh, it's bringing back Sam Neill and Laura Dern and Jeff Goldblum, who somebody on the show may or may not be within spitting length of uh, in another week. Uh, but uh, what you're going to hear here, we'll uh, start with Jurassic Park. And as I said, these are just some of our funnier moments. Uh, you're going to hear Ben's comments on children, <laughs> which is one of the best uh, moments we ever had. Uh, our debates on the Alan Alan moment from Jurassic Park 3, uh, as well as uh, a fair amount of uh, Enrique and, uh, you know, uh, show some respect. <laughs> Jokes that you're going to hear carry over from one episode to the next. It was impossible to escape it even within more than a dozen hours recorded on uh, those first four Jurassic Park movies. So uh, let's kick it off here with our recap of Jurassic Park, which will be followed by the other sequels. My name is Ben. And see, now I'm here by myself talking to myself. That's the Oz Network. <laughs> and my name is Colin, and... Oh, hold on. Technical problem. Oh, wait. Hold on. This is a Unix system. I know this. <laughs> <laughs> like, everybody in this movie is a fun character. Uh, you know, maybe not the Dr. Harding we see, because he doesn't really do much and isn't a real actor. He's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't even realize it. What? dilated pupils are well i'll be damned yeah. what a dumb i especially love that the, the triceratops eye will just so we don't forget it its eyes are closed oh it's dilated the triceratops closes his eyes and then he looks at him ah oh, really 
<laughs> she's like, no, no, not these are eyes that are bigger than his head. He's faking oh, it. Like, he's that. not a doctor. He, he's like the eye, the eyelids are janitor. dilated. You're right. <laughs> now that they're closed, I totally see it. <laughs> and he's the main character in a video game of Jurassic Park, people. <laughs> and I love this. Like, is this West Indian lilac? Yes. Do the dinosaurs eat it? No. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I've never seen one make a sandwich with it. <laughs> Did you play the video game where he becomes... On the, where, that I'll bring him up in the other scene because we're jumping way to here. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Harding. <laughs> First of all, let's give him a little bit of credit here, okay? Gerald R. Mullen, uh, who plays the original Dr. Harding here... Um, it, is Still not an, he's not an actor <laughs> clearly <laughs> uh he was a a producer i guess on one of the producers on this movie um uh so this was just like a crew cameo or something like that but why they couldn't have like done some ADR with different dialogue because like the line at the end is the one that bugs me the most when it's like oh, i just like to stay with dr harding and see if i could look after the triceratops and he's like sure i got like a uh, a, a gas pow- powered jeep and I could drive it back. Like he's stumbling on every word he has and there's like these eight second long pauses in between words. Like that's the best take you got of Gerald R. Mullen as Dr. Harding here. He's an what? Oscar, uh, an Oscar winner too. Oh, and uh, I want, for acting. Well, yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's get to this. I mean, maybe he could be a writer or whatever because his IMDb bio is clearly written by him. <laughs> this is what the mini bio on IMDb reads for Gerald R. Mullen. Gerald R. Mullen is an amazing man. In a world <laughs> of political correctness, he dared to produce the documentary highly critical of Barack Obama, 2016 Obama's America, and the 2004 docu- documentary America. Gerald R. Mullen is, however, no right-wing shill, as some may think. <laughs> He has produced classic films such as blah, blah, blah. It then ends with a man of deep convictions. Mullen's best works on screen may yet be ahead. (laughs) But I love all the stuff because they haven't drilled it into you so much. Oh, he hates kids or whatever. Uh, The way that, you know, Lex and Tim are and just the awkwardness he has. Because I can kind of... uh, Maybe this is one of the reasons why I, I still love Grant. Because I can kind of identify with those a little bit i mean i don't know if you're the same way like maybe i wouldn't even say it's different now that i've had a baby i'm definitely comfortable with my baby i'm comfortable with like my nieces and nephews but if somebody brings their kid around me i'm like oh hey yeah. there guy oh <laughs> believe me believe me i am the same yes. i love my nephews <laughs> i love my niece love them i've spent the last week in a house with one child that i will not comment further without risk of getting into <laughs> trouble from authorities what I would like to do to it. As in, like, not, not in that context. <laughs> no, no, not you want, that way. Do you want to tell us way. about your crush on 12-year-old Ariana Richards? No! Never <laughs> even laughing. Oh, I am so happy I'm editing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Best of moment. <laughs> quick, quick, backpedal, Ben, backpedal. <laughs> I meant murder, not <laughs> oh, it's so much better. 
murder. No, it's nothing bad. I'm just talking about murdering a child. <laughs> God created Ben. Ben created a podcast. Podcast destroyed Ben. Because Ben killed a child. <laughs> but it's okay. He could have done much worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, back to your point. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, we were talking about <laughs> awkwardness with children. Little shit children showing up when you don't want them. What's so funny is that I wasn't sure how you would respond to Lex and Tim. So the only note I have at this point in the movie is Ben and kids with a question mark. We're sticking out a lot of context. <laughs> why, why would I not react to Lex and You're Tim? You're always complaining when like, children, children are in movie. We like Lex and No, it's Tim. always like, oh, no, the kids, kids in the movie now. <laughs> oh, as I always established, if the kids are well acted and good characters, I'm not going to have a problem with them. These are good well-written, well-acted children. Yes. Kelly is in the next one. The boy in number three is uh, tolerable. <laughs> I, actually, no, I don't mind him. No, no, actually, no, I like him. He's I good. Like... But the two in Jurassic World are shits. We don't like them. <laughs> you only want to do good things to these kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yes, back to the interactive CD-ROM. Now that we've done this big build-up on interactive CD-ROM... <laughs> Uh, Do you actually remember CD-ROMs though when they were a thing in the nineties? They were kind of cool. Yeah. Well, what was the the Sega CD? Did you ever get to play Sega CD? No, I remember I would go to the library because I never used to have the internet at home, so I'd have to go make like an internet appointment and use the internet. But um, they had you could also rent out CD-ROMs and sit in the computers and play CD-ROMs. And you remember that TV show Arthur? Yeah. Like that was a great TV. Show. And there was like an Arthur one that I always wanted, and they had a Magic School Bus one. <laughs> And it was like interactive and you could like fly with the school bus. I was like really excited about that in like 1998. So, you know. About as excited as Lexi is here in 1993. Where yeah, you like to show up at the library? It's an interactive CD ROM! <laughs> Narrated by Richard Kiley! Now, I guarantee. Again, Mallory's laying next to me. I bet you if I uttered the words of her interactive CD ROM, she has no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> what? Oh no, she does. Never mind. Because she's, she, thinks, she watched she Jurassic thinks, World. You know. <laughs> You would have been, you would have been, yeah. Interactive CD-ROMs were very obsolete by the time you were yay yeah, tall. Yeah, don't so. date her, Ben. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't mean don't date her, but don't date her age here. Don't date don't her. Date oh, her wow, don't date Colin, her age. Thanks for approving my relationship. No, no, no. It's, it's a, <laughs> don't date her by age. I'm concerned about your last statement. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> you're like she doesn't know what an interactive CD-ROM is. She barely knows what an iPod is. And you're like, don't date her then. <laughs> she doesn't know what an interactive well, CD-ROM is. Hey, at this point, Ben, like, like, you gotta, you gotta start scaling upwards in age, cause people are gonna start asking questions. <laughs> Can I just point out that Valerie's literally googling interactive <laughs> CD-ROM? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you find a top ten list of quotes from movies quoting interactive CD-ROM. <laughs> she wants to shop for one. <laughs> Oh, look at this. The very first thing when I Google interactive CD-ROM is the Jurassic Park clip that says interactive CD-ROMs is just two-second clip. Is there a GIF? There's always a GIF. (laughs) 
Uh, and then Samuel L. Jackson, not only is he Dr. Arnold, tells everyone to hold him to the butts, he's also the, um, the in-gen concierge, I guess. Yeah. Um, last show to the doc. <laughs> Leaving in five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now. <laughs> <laughs> There's like three people in this room, Samuel L. Jackson. Who are you talking to? Attention, everyone. We have a lost set of keys found in the T-Rex yeah. paddock. <laughs> Has somebody left their lights on? We have a Jeep Land Cruiser, number plate JP001. Someone have left your number plates on. Today's special in the cafeteria will be tuna melt. <laughs> Reminder to people not to let the ice cream out. In case there's a power outage, it might melt. So please ensure the freezer door is locked. But not too much. We might have to lock a raptor in there later. So just make sure it's half locked to keep the ice cream frozen, but open enough to save your life from a raptor. Today's forecast is cloudy with wind gusts of 80 kilometers. Hurricane-like conditions. So hold on to your butts. <laughs> oh, Samuel L. Jackson. I'm tired of this motherfucking concierge job. This motherfucking theme park. <laughs> Arnold goes over to Nedry's workstation. I love it when he just, like, slams everything on the desk. Look at this workstation. What a complete slob. <laughs> <laughs> and then Muldoon comes in. Raptor fences on our Uh He sounds like Admiral Akbar, apparently. Uh... <laughs> Where's Nedry? Uh... It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go in the middle of a surf, it's a trap. Um, hashtag justice for Admiral Akbar. Stop killing him off screen, Laura Dern. Uh, uh, hey, there's a there's a weird connection. Admiral Akbar and Ellie Sattler have been on screen uh, together. How many degrees between Admiral Akbar and Bob Peck? Hey, there we go. Oh. Uh, the iconic buddy, buddy duo that we'll never see. Muldoon <laughs> and Matt Blackbar. <laughs> In character heaven. Clever girl. With the trap! <laughs> the trap! Clever girl. With the trap! <laughs> that should all be destroyed. It's a trap! Then we can start swapping roles. <laughs> it's a trap. Clever girl! It's a trap. Clever girl! <laughs> We're being hunted! <laughs> and as Ellie, of course, does a whole, Mr. Hammond, I think we're back in business. A raptor goes over a shoulder. Ah! Um, but we'll... <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it sounds like. It's like the shark in Jaws of Revenge. <laughs> or... Um... <laughs> I want someone to dub the raptor going over the shoulder. Sound like Dr. Malcolm. <laughs> but I'll cap it there. It's all fantastic. Like, again, tension. Uh, the music is great. And just that raptor over Ellie's shoulder. Just, again, we all remember seeing this for the first time. It just, it's just such an incredible group of scenes Wait, together. You're going to cap it halfway through the scene before anything happens with the raptors? Well, I can keep going if you want me to. I guess we'll get to the door a bit closer. Yeah. Fair enough. The raptor's over the shoulder. <laughs> Ellie's scared. She runs back the other direction. She has the warm arm of Ray Arnold supporting her. I need to realise it is literally the warm arm of Ray Arnold. And again, Ellie is slightly calm with a half arm. I want to say, where's the rest of Ray Arnold's body? 
um, why did the raptor leave an arm? And like, can we just get the deleted scene of Samuel L. Jackson running around? Ah! Ah! <laughs> getting eaten by a raptor. And why did the side uh, of all things through... is like, I just don't like the looks of this arm. Yeah, no, I'm there. I, it always doesn't look like a real arm. It kind of looks like a mannequin arm that oh, painted a bit of blood on the edge. I, I'll agree with that, but I was just saying, it's like, why did the dinosaur decide, I'll eat the head, I'll eat the torso, I'll eat right and left leg, I will leave the right arm, because the left arm is more appetizing, the right arm looks disgusting. And, like, how has his body been spread and, like, torn to shreds, and an arm has ended up in this wall socket? <laughs> and, like, and what does Ellie think that, like, Oh, he's putting his arm around yeah. me. He's like, if that was really right arm, surely he'd be like, Ellie, come with me. But like, it's okay, Ellie, I'm here to put my arm around you. Or she'd be like, no, Mr. Arnold, I've already seen the trick with the drop of water on my hand. Yeah. Or if this was like 2018, don't touch me, hashtag me too. Oh, no. Unwarranted contact. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> They're eating this, so she's a vegetarian. We see Tim eating cake and cupcakes and brownies and pie. And she's like, I'm a vegetarian. I've got a bowl of fruit here. Is there something in the the vegetarian handbook that says you can't eat flour? And (laughs) she's vegan. (laughs) She never says she's vegan. It's just, it bothers me. I'm vegetarian. I'm going to chow down my melon here while there's like mal. Not a single thing on that. And she has broccoli. Broccoli, yeah. On the dessert table. But there's not a single thing <laughs> that is on this table that has meat in it. Like, is there some, I don't know, some ground turkey in Tim's chocolate cake that she was afraid to eat? It just bothers me. <laughs> but, um... Roast Brachiosaurus. <laughs> but, like, how... Which, can we be honest? Can we just, can we just blur the lines here of possibilities? If humans have created dinosaurs, you know at some point someone's gonna kill one of these things and try and eat it. Like, come eat your roast Stegosaurus burger. Like, someone's gonna eat one. Uh, I'm sure that there's like, you know, um, like how quail is a really popular, uh, you know, bird. Mm. I'm sure that there's compi out there that's on the lines of like a Mm. quail dinner. Uh, (laughs) I wonder if there's a Jurassic Park cookbook out there. Like, this is years later. Uh, in Jurassic World 2, <laughs> the dinosaurs get off the island. Pulled raptor. Pulled raptor. Like yeah. <laughs> Slow cooked pulled raptor. <laughs> Chilean raptor. Uh, Mosasaurus. <laughs> Mosasaurus tacos or something. <laughs> Indominus Rex soup. <laughs> Endless possibilities here. Spinosaurus salad. <laughs> mm. Dilophosaurus chocolate cake. <laughs> Eat it before it eats you. <laughs> the McTriceratops burger coming soon at McDonald's. I'm sure they actually had that during the McDonald's commercial of 1993. <laughs> My name is Ben, and listen to this podcast is the worst idea in the history of bad ideas. And my name is Col... Col... Pompadour. Elvis. It's terrible. This little girl's been attacked by compies. 
And we've got introduced to our first new dinosaur uh, straight away in this film. Um, yes. Yeah, uh, the sequence isn't anything extraordinary. Um, partly because, I mean, you don't get to see a lot of action. They're dealing with a kid here, so they're not going to, you know, have the kid eaten alive like Dieter is later on. But the thing that I always loved about this sequence was how bad the accents are for this entire family. Like, I guarantee not one of these actors was British in real life. It's like, uh, oh, just leave her alone. (laughs) The mother's like, Kathy, darling, lunchtime. Prawns, your favorite. I don't like prawns. It's just, Jamie loved that one. It's just the most over-the-top bad British accents I've ever heard. Uh, And just how snooty, you're talking about like, the snooty people like the little girl's the snootiest of all like she's complaining about what she has to eat for lunch she doesn't want to stay on the beach uh you know she's feeding the wildlife she deserves to get eaten she really does <laughs> this little kid had it coming let's be honest <laughs> violence against children already and <laughs> these are herbivores so Later, even in the other scenes, we see a Triceratops, we see the Stegosaurus or whatever. At no point do they grab carnivores. What Ludlow's plan is here is exactly what we said in the first movie would make total sense. (laughs) They're grabbing the non-dangerous animals that, yes, if they get loose, they're going to trample some stuff. But they're not eating anybody. They're not killing anybody. They're taking the safest plan here. And they're the villains of the movie? Doesn't make any sense at all. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. Dieter and Carter. Yeah. With this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Dieter and Carter, a little bit different because, yeah, they're the, the thing with the compi, uh, <laughs> where it's like, oh, it has no reason to fear man or whatever. Now it does. Okay, there are bad characters in here, but the plan from Ludlow is not bad. Roland wants to hunt one dinosaur, and that's it. And nobody else here is really a villain. They're just showing up to do stuff. And then you got. Nick Van uh, Bin Laden or whatever <laughs> got his uh, satellite Instagram thing going and his hedge clippers or bolt cutters or whatever and he's out there to cause all the chaos that we're about to see. It, totally changing this entire movie here just by looking at it from a logical point of view. Well, I'm just going to establish that Nick Van Owen is the cause of all the bad shit in this film, alright? He yes! gets rid of all the dinosaurs that they've captured, which destroys all the communication. He then gets the baby T-Rex to bring it back to the trailer. Yes! His fault, nearly killing them. And then later on, he removes the bullets from the gun of Roland. He could have just killed the T-Rex then and there. It never would have gone to San Diego. Yes! Uh, but Nick Van Owen <laughs> is the fault of everything bad in this movie. Half my notes are gone now. This episode is just going to speed along from this point forward. Ludlow is not the villain, people. Nick Van Owen is. All right? <laughs> he really is. Uh, and Hammond hired him, knowing he was going to do yes. all this. He even said, you know, uh, guys, just so you know, uh, Hammond thought that this might happen, so he sent a backup plan. What backup plan? Me. Then he goes, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> There's he your the villain on him. We need to have the I love Malcolm on the radio when we get to Enrique. It's like, oh, here we go. Enrique? (laughs) No, it's Ian Malcolm. (laughs) This lady does not give up either. Like, it is five minutes of Enrique? Enrique? (laughs) 
And Rickens is like, no, no, wrong frequency. <laughs> he played on the radio and he's like, no, the boat. Ian Malcolm. Oh, God damn it, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kelly's in the background and trying to be all nice. Like, <laughs> Kelly's like, hola, buenas estás? <laughs> Unless she's just like, oh boy, is she mad at you? Yeah. <laughs> Who's Enrique? Where is he? Why does this woman want Enrique so much? Enrique? <laughs> um, There's another one of our one then... shots. Enrique. <laughs> Real story. <laughs> Coming soon in part of the Jurassic Park cinematic <laughs> You mentioned on a radio. You heard a woman very angry at his whereabouts. <laughs> Now, the true story behind Enrique. <laughs> he left his wife for Greenpeace. Yeah. There's our story. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's the boy from Jurassic Park. That doesn't look very scary. <laughs> Whit Hertford is Enrique. <laughs> Whit Hertford is back, and now he has a name. <laughs> Enrique. <laughs> You thought he grew up to be Chris Pratt in Jurassic World. You were wrong. <laughs> Enrique? Enrique? <laughs> and Shut up, woman. You look like a six-foot turkey. Girl who got his problem. <laughs> Kelly Malcolm. <laughs> it's a love story. No one saw coming. We should at least point out that when they find... when when. Roland and Ajay find the nest here with the baby T-Rex. It has two working legs, which means they broke a leg of a baby T-Rex <laughs> to lure the other one in here. So I think they accept part of the blame for this happening. Um, Nick could have just left it's it there. It's a mistake, or though. So I, I believe in the book or the deleted scene, like Ajay accidentally breaks its leg. So mm. that that's just removed from the movie. But I do know at some point, either in the, again, the book or a deleted scene, it is pointed out that RJ accidentally steps on it and breaks its leg. Oh, well, that would be a terrible deleted scene. Like, at this tense moment, we need to bring in the T-Rex. Oh, jeez, I just stepped on its leg. Oh, oh shit, bro. Oh, sorry, sorry. The bone's coming right sorry. out of the skin. <laughs> you can see the bone coming out of the skin. Oh, okay. But let's just look at it logically now. So he accidentally stepped on the leg. Let's strap this thing down to the ground now. And let it slowly die in front of us. <laughs> I don't know if that helps matters. Any. These two What's giant that? creatures with teeth. They won't care. Let's just hide <laughs> in a tree. With some camouflage over our... <laughs> yeah, what is that camouflage supposed to do to them, too? <laughs> it's like, like a net. net. <laughs> yeah. Like, how is that helping them? <laughs> There's no way it's going to spot us. <laughs> that's just so stupid um, I love Roland but that's terrible and yeah like AJ really gets shafted in this movie <laughs> the exact same we might, as, we might as well just talk about it now because I think this is like one of his two scenes in the movie but yeah the same thing when, when they're like AJ didn't make it like I just want Ludlow in that scene later on to go oh I'm so sorry Roland and then he turns to somebody and goes which one was AJ <laughs> Because <laughs> you literally don't know. <laughs> He's just so. That's like when they find when Nick finds his pack. I think this is RJ's pack, not RJ. <laughs> <laughs> or or Carter or Dieter or one of those guys. 
Um, now you're in trouble when you remember Cardamore in this film. They're not us, Jason. Carter has one line. You're right. He's more memorable than RJ. Uh, Roland talking about, as we just said, Rex just ate. And I kind of like how uh, Malcolm's like, that was our friend Eddie. He gave his life to save ours. Show some respect. (laughs) Well, then Roland's response. Well, then his problems are over. (laughs) Yes. He just doesn't give a shit. Uh, That's what... Ludlow should have said to him, AJ, RJ's dead. Well, his problems are over, aren't they? <laughs> and I like the whole just fed thing because it's the only time where they really are like, you know, he gave his life to save ours. And they're like, well, his problem's over. Nobody's saying that about Dieter later on. Just the parts he didn't like. Why isn't Ian like, hey, show some respect. That man died so that <laughs> we could live. <laughs> he pops up everywhere. He's like, hey, show some respect. Later on, are you okay? What's the matter? RJ's dead. Hey, show some respect. That <laughs> Everyone needs to re-edit that into like every single season. So Jurassic Park three, when the black dude gets eaten by the spider, so hey, he was running towards the plane. Show some respect. Victor dies in Jurassic World. Hey, he was a greedy son of a bitch who wanted to turn these dinosaurs into soldiers. Show some Uh, yeah, endless possibilities. <laughs> Sorry, this is the funniest one of all. You're going to laugh your shit off at this one. <laughs> and the Indominus Rex gets eaten by the Mosasaur. Hey, he was genetically created in the lab. <laughs> T-Rex and Velociraptor. Show some respect. Anyway. He didn't ask to be born that way. Show some respect. <laughs> it's like, um, what's his uh, rocket in Guardians of the Galaxy? I didn't ask to be created in a lab. <laughs> Oh, that just it reminds me of Austin Powers with Scotty Eagle. I wish I was never unofficially created in a lab. <laughs> Show some respect. Uh, where are we? <laughs> Learn how to do a podcast, Colin Hilding. Show some respect to our listeners. I've actually lost where we are. Oh yeah, Dieter's death. Okay. <laughs> Show some respect. Uh, Dieter's got to go to the bar, sorry, the ladies' room. Uh, <laughs> to which Carter doesn't hear because Carter's listening to the best of Enrique or something like that. <laughs> Enrique Anglais. <laughs> That's Enrique. Enrique? Enrique. <laughs> Can we just point out, I love, like, when Dina goes to the bathroom, Dina was busting to do a shit because he's, like, running to the <laughs> He's trying to undo his... He's all like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> he's busting. Poor old Dina. <laughs> and then a little comfy comes up to him. He zaps it with his cattle prod. He obviously, like, lets go of a couple of nuggets. And then the next thing along, he's, like, walking <laughs> Walking around the forest, shouting out, Carter! Carter! Now, okay, we get it. Carter's listening to Enrique's CD. But what, like, <laughs> Carter's, like, so close to everyone else. Why does nobody else hear poor old Dieter? I know! <laughs> Why does one of these guys just go, Oh my god, Carter, can't you hear him? <laughs> <laughs> They're, like, three feet apart. <laughs> everyone... I'd hate Dieter, clearly. It's like, oh, there's Dieter again. You know what it is? Like, everybody else is just, they're hearing it, 
but they're also hearing the music playing. And Enrique's most famous song was "Da la 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 carta, da la 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 carta." <laughs> they're all having like a dance. They run to the jungle like oh. <laughs> 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 Speaking of digging, uh, nearly dug themselves into a hole they never could have recovered from. Uh, there's maybe one scene in the next movie which we might argue is worse, but uh, I'll be interested to see how you feel about that dream sequence. Alan! Um, <laughs> 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 we get... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we need to re-edit that scene of the dream sequence of Alan waking up. Enrique! Uh, <laughs> Or Carter! <laughs> Show them respect! Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can have so many dubs! <laughs> We're just trying to avoid having to talk about this scene. So they're stuck in a building. The raptors are digging under a door. They try to go under another side. The raptors are like, oh, no, we've cornered you. Meanwhile, Malcolm's getting eaten by a raptor sort of in a car that's digging its way through a glass door. So they have to climb up because, as my dad always points out, in any movie, the only way to escape is ever by going up. And, oh, God. Remember earlier in the movie when we talked about the fact that Kelly was on the gymnastics team and she got cut from the oh. team? Everybody's been waiting for some, you know, revenge against the U.S. Olympic Committee for cutting Kelly from the team. So, <laughs> just this is a—it's a unique system. I know. Yeah. Of the movie, but like, okay, I, I know you did the first one. Like, why did we need like a, a saving moment for Lex? Like, I understand that we need one for Kelly in this film. I like Kelly, but uh-huh. come on. She jumps onto some pipe on the ceiling, which just happens to be fixed into the ground. It's not going to break. I think the funniest bit is she jumped on that and it broke and she died. That's, oh, <laughs> shit, Kelly. That failed. <laughs> she just happens to do some amazing gymnastics routine, which, which all ends up with her going, hey, you, and kicking a raptor outside the fucking house. It gets impaled. It's like stuck in this thing. Like, ah, 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 ah. Uh, Malcolm, she lands in front of Malcolm. You just killed a raptor. Show some respect. <laughs> <laughs> a better, a better line to which he he responds. Cut you from the team. <laughs> oh my god, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> ultimately they escape. Uh, the helicopter arrives. Where the is Nick during all of this? Like Nick is still in the building <laughs> on the radio, probably chatting to Enrique, because as they come grabbing up the stairs, he's like, come on, hurry up, hurry up, get to the helicopter. Is he not seeing his beloved new friends that he's just bonded with over a couple of days? My name is Colin Paint and Tile Plus in Westgate. <laughs> Oh, it's funny. My name is Ben, and here we are in the worst podcast in the world, and we're not even getting paid. I, there's something I picked up on in this movie. Uh, there's two back-to-back scenes here. He's seducing this intern here with, like, rough, rough, smooth, smooth. And I thought, okay, this is kind of a smooth guy. He's used to pick up girls. But then we get the scene where Alan shows up uh, and everything. And he builds the, 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 out of the 3D printer, he builds this 
you know, voice box or whatever for the Raptors. And did you notice that when Billy blows into this thing, he closes his eyes like he's making love to it with his tongue. <laughs> like Alan. he is like in total <laughs> orgasm mode here. It's just like, <laughs> like this guy really gets off on his archaeology. Like Billy has some, some serious fetishes. <laughs> I never picked up on that until now. I just thought he was picking up on a woman, but like he's really into this whole <laughs> mouth whistle thing. I don't know what you would when, call when, it. A few seconds um, ago, when you said but, like the rough, rough, smooth thing, to me that reminded me of whip, whipster, whip, whipster, whip, whipster. Yeah, stir, stir, whip, 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 whipster. <laughs> but just the way he closes his eyes, like he closes it very slowly, and he's like, <gasps> <gasps> it's weird. <laughs> just watch it. <laughs> It's it's Alan like weird like it's really weird. Like, are these just a bunch of rich kids who are going to give him money? Like, he's not doing a seminar in front of like the top scientists or billionaires. He would. These aren't John Hammonds. These are like twenty-one-year-old archaeologists. <laughs> Sorry, Ooh. Mallory's sneezing again. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> The resonating chamber of Velociraptor. Ah, shoot! <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's just say, maybe one of the worst official theme songs any movie <laughs> has ever had. Like, I know a lot of people out there like Randy Newman. And, like, <laughs> you've got a friend in me, kind of in a way, fits the story. I don't know why Big Hat No Cattle. <laughs> <laughs> the most, like... <laughs> No cattle. Like, this is the most country-sounding song ever, which I don't know how country relates to Jurassic Park. And it's not like you can have a movie where this is a song playing in the background. They paid big, big money to have Randy Newman do a theme song to Jurassic Park 3, which is included on the official soundtrack yes, as the only song on the soundtrack. I was and listening we get, to the soundtracks the other day, and this comes on. Have, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, oh, right. Okay, yep. <laughs> yeah. You get to the end, like, da 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 and then all of a sudden, big head, no cattle. <laughs> like, what? Well, they are in Montana. They've got to entertain and it's such a bad... somehow. <laughs> it's, I will say it suits the scene. They're showing up at, like, this uh, country-type pool hall or whatever. It suits the scene, but why all this money for Randy Newman? And why... I don't know. Does You've Got a Friend in Me make sense in Jurassic Park? Like, this is the only Jurassic Park theme song as well. Am I wrong? No, you're you're right. Like, you know, we didn't get, um, I don't know, Celine Dion singing something in, like, Jurassic Park. Like, you're yeah. getting eaten. There's nothing to fear. I don't know. Oh, that's, okay, that's the end of the song. All right. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very short song. Yeah. Celine Dion was, you know, just busy that week. That's all she could write. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, did you hear that one? What the hell happened there? Jamie's just seen a shirtless something. <laughs> what's he doing everybody's doing impression of the rapper resonating chamber here <laughs> what's Jamie screaming about that was a sneeze actually oh that a sneeze oh my god it really did sound like the rapper oh oh <laughs> With, that's the, the help cry. That's the help cry from the end. <laughs> we just see Jamie and Mallory in the background of every episode doing dinosaur sounds. Then we had the T-Rex. 
Yeah, this is sound effects to our Jurassic World month. <laughs> and in comes Owen. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> we could just put together like a sound effects show for the Oz Network here. <laughs> Uh, and now we get the moment we've been waiting oh. for here. So here is now. If you haven't seen this movie, it is absolutely hilarious that Alan has fallen asleep. And I've been defending it, like how how brave he Alan Grant is, and that he's not really afraid. But you still see he has a bit of that fear uh, when you know he all of a sudden wakes, looks like he's waking up from his dream, and you see the whole plane is empty, and he looks to his right and he sees a raptor look him right in the eye and go, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> as the raptor speaks he suddenly wakes up and realizes just billy going alan alan now this is hilarious and it is goofy and it's not something you would ever it's so bizarre you would never see it in a Jurassic park movie you probably shouldn't see it in any movie <laughs> but here is my defense of this oh god um, no colin did not just out of the phrase oh, here is my defense of the alan scene in dress i'm out I'm yes no. look Opening, open. Ben, Ben, come back, Ben, come back. <laughs> I can't. Like of all the bad things I've said, like in my career on this show about dying of the day being good and defending songs and that. Like, no, that is not a sentence anyone wants to hear. In defense of the talking raptor in Jurassic Park, that says Alan. No, look, it's a dream sequence. I'll give you two reactions here. Oh. Opening day in the theater, completely sold out theater. This comes up, and as soon as the raptor appears, you hear like 200 people gasp, <gasps> and then all of a sudden burst out laughing. Now, clearly that was Joe Johnson's intention. It, but it, it accomplishes what they intended for it to accomplish. It gives you a quick startle, and then it's like, oh, that's ridiculous. Now, is it a great moment? No, it's hilariously bad, but... The idea that what you said last week, that you said this was worse than the gymnastics. It is. This is my argument for it. This <laughs> is three seconds long. The gymnastics is the entire subplot of Kelly's character. And it is the moment that defeats the raptors for good. You have them doing battles with raptors in the cars. You have Ian fighting a raptor with a door. You have Sarah throwing raptors off roofs. You have guys getting chased for raptors in, in the long grass. And what is the moment that ultimately defeats the Raptors? A 13-year-old girl swinging as a gymnast and then drop-kicking it out of a window. Now, that is a major part of the movie. It is the major part of the Isla Sorna climax of this movie. This is a three-second shot. Okay, this is not something that I usually utter, like, out loud. But things that take three seconds don't always have to be memorable, all right? And this thing... It's just, it's just terrible. Like, no, there is no defense for this. None at all. Like, you can do this so differently. Like, I get the laugh bit, but like, A, why does he need to fall asleep? Like, B, wake up and there's Malcolm saying something to him instead. C, like, have a raptor about to attack him that's so scary. Oh, a raptor's about to attack me. It's on the plane. Like, like, this has got no purpose. This is like, if we have a James Bond movie. What? No, I don't want to know why it's dumb. It's like if James Bond all of a sudden wakes up and there's a dinosaur standing on his head going, my name's Bond, James Bond. He wakes up, oh, what? And it's like, James, you're asleep. Like, it's dumb. It's stupid. It's stupid. Okay, but in all fairness, 
when people have dreams, this is what happens, especially when you're in a half awake, half asleep. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've been maybe watching a movie before bed and I'm falling asleep, but I can still hear the movie in the background. And all of a sudden in my head, I'm visualizing something happening in front of me. I can distinctly remember as a child having a dream where I woke up because I heard somebody talking outside my window and there was my friend, was my neighbor, and my friend's dad. And the friend's dad was talking. Before you knew it, the friend's dad was a cow. Like a, a literal cow who was still talking in my friend's dad's voice. This is what happens in dreams. Like, do we need to see it? No. But it's a quick moment that gives you the quick jolt and then the laugh that's really funny, that's really stupid. And it still at the same time shows that Alan has some fear of these things. Could there have been a better way to do it? Maybe. But to say that this is as bad as the gymnastic scene, which is a major part of the entire climax of that movie. It is the entire subplot of Kelly's character. Like, the two aren't even the same league. It, if, this, if they made this a subplot where Alan continued to fall asleep, like, they're sitting there in the birdcage and Alan has narcolepsy. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Alan, Alan, you fell asleep again. And he's got a dream where there's a raptor shaking him on the shoulder. like, Alan, please wake up. Like, yeah, I can understand that being dumb. This is three seconds. Okay. I just, the, the bit about the talking cow doesn't really like mean anything to me. Cause I know you grew up in like rural Canada. So that's probably a thing there. Like, you know, talking cows, <laughs> but like cows up your window talking. <laughs> I just want to point out that again, I've said some stupid things on these podcasts over however long we've known each other. Some <laughs> dumb, dumb things. All right. I've had you two hang up on me. It's been that dumb. The things I've said on this show. And I stand by everything I believe in. <laughs> But Colin Hilding found a way to defend the raptor going Alan in Jurassic Park 3. Yes! And not me, that's yes, the... But... No! <laughs> like, the dialogue bit, like, I, I agree, like, I like it, but I just, just that line with, you know, Dr. Grant, Billy was right. Like, the thing that annoys me about Eric in this is, like, Billy and Eric have met for, like, the first time at the fence. Then they're running away from the Spinosaurus. They didn't even meet. Then literally... I don't even know if they meet, but then literally, maybe their first introduction yeah. is when Billy saves him. So then when Billy's, like, getting pecked to death and Eric's trying to run after him, No, Mum, I want to save Billy! You just met him! <laughs> like, you're not, well, you're not clinging we don't know to the... the Navy SEALs five minutes later who rescue you on the beach. No, <laughs> Mum, I want to sit next to Sergeant Johnson! Like, it's like it's no, can, can you imagine, like, the converse... Here's the deleted scene that they never got around to filming... Uh, because they didn't have the script finished in time. Billy saves him, and as they're floating towards the ground, they quickly cut away. And that entire time, it's like, hi, I'm Billy. Hey, I'm Eric. How long have you been on the island? Eight weeks? How long you work with Dr. Grant? Ah, uh, two years. Are you a paid intern? Yeah. Decent money. I can't buy a new bag, though. Want to hear about this time in New Zealand? And they have this whole conversation where they establish this relationship with each other. Well, that's a cool story, bro. Want to hear about the time I got some T-Rex pee? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> We're best friends. Did we just become best friends? Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite dinosaur? Velociraptor. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> 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 this is a great deleted scene. Yeah, and then and she's like, Alan, are you on a cell phone? I can't hear you. And he's just going, the river! Send me! And then the line just goes dead. Now, how she knows to send it, like, he didn't say anything. He could have just been really excited. What if, like, he had the river! Send me! It's so beautiful! You should see it right now! And meanwhile, she's sending, like, 
millions of dollars to send the Navy and the Marines, and meanwhile he was just commenting on the sunrise here, only one hour behind you is he spectacular. He could be like pissed with Malcolm out in the town, <laughs> yeah. like going, "The river, the river's so pretty." Tell him, Malcolm. <laughs> He's Ellie wasting all this money on sending like the Marines and Navy to Site B. Like she brings up Alan like the next day. Alan, where are you? Oh, I'm just in Montana. Where are you? It's like I sent the Navy and the Marines to Site B. Oh, what? I was just pissed with Malcolm last night. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> You'll pay for this, Dr. Grant. <laughs> and I accepted a collect call from you, too. That's on my bill. <laughs> no, that was Charlie. Charlie, did you accept a collect call from Costa Rica? No. <laughs> it's the dinosaur man. I accept. $500, he does. <laughs> What if he gets the conversation just continue going, The River, Side B, Unix Systems! <laughs> My name is Colin, and I was in the Navy, not the Navajo. Fucking hell, you stole like the one of two quotes, and that was the one that I was going to use. Um... <laughs> My name is Ben, and you want to consult here or in my bungalow? Just back to, yeah, the petting zoo is kind of funny, and that little kid riding the tri- Triceratops. He's an ugly little kid. I want to slap him. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I like, I just feel so bad for the assistant, because, again, like, as you said, she's just, she's got to work, you know? She's got to do a thing, and then these kids run away from her. She's done nothing wrong. Um, and then I do like little shit, uh, the little shit get a haircut kid when he sees the T-Rex and he starts screaming like a little girl, like, ah, it's the worst thing I've ever done! Like, it's like, calm down, mate. Which that would have been me. That's why I don't <laughs> dislike them that much. But I do like when, like, you know, they're watching the T-Rex, like, you know, the, the slight little callbacks, again, just finding every excuse for a throwback. Like, let's have a goat and a flare, because we know that's what works with the T-Rex. Um, and then just everybody going crazy. An older little shit kid gets a phone call from mum, and he just, like, looks over his shoulder, like, oh, T-Rex. And then oh. he's, like, on the phone, like, what a shithead. Like, fuck you, little kid. <laughs> Like, he's just so shitty that he hasn't gotten boobs from his 40-year-old girlfriend at some point. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I mentioned the scene before, like, the sisterly scene. It's nice. But, like, why is she going off at her sister for abandoning her children? Yeah. What have you done? It's Christmas time. <laughs> You've sent them to Costa Rica. <laughs> exactly. Um, like, it's got absolutely no... You've got no right, Judy Greer, to go off about, you know, your sister abandoning your children when you've done exactly the same thing. But, like, I don't... Like, when they're up in the viewing platform, and, like, this is... Yeah, there's a lot of problems with this whole situation. Like, why is it classified? Like, it's part T-Rex, the rest is classified. To me, when she's there saying, like, we need a new attraction every few years to sell because we're going to get celebrities to come out. I want to know what celebrities come out. Like, hey, I'm here with a new dinosaur. Thanks, Kim Kardashian. Now go talk policy with the president. Um, what is with that? Like, can we just mention that? No. Anyway. uh, (laughs) Did Justin Bieber talk policy with Justin Trudeau at some point? Because that's, I swear, what this world is coming to. I'm sure he has, to be honest. (laughs) 
Um, but like that's the selling point. Like we've created a new hybrid dinosaur. It's half T Rex, half Velociraptor. That sells tickets. Like, imagine yeah. if somebody said to you, like, we've crossed a great white shark with a tiger. Like, I'm going to see that. Like, that's awesome. Like, I don't we have see crossed why this Usain Bolt with Michael Phelps. <laughs> and then we failed, so we had to use Ryan Lochte. Oh, boo. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Next. <laughs> What I forgot to comment on earlier was uh, during the sister fight that we had on the phone, when she mentioned so that Zach can be so mean and she was worried about Gray. We never see that in this movie at all. We get that he's kind of like a bored older brother, but at no point is he mean. He definitely gets nicer from this point on and also segueing into the whole divorce talk thing here. Uh, I like how that scene kind of plays out where it's like, uh, oh, they got uh, letters from divorce lawyers or, or, or they got letters from lawyers. And it's like there was divorce lawyers. I Googled it or whatever. <laughs> you know, it, I guess that's the one kind of sad thing about this movie where I, I do like Gray's character a little bit better. But where do we see this mean brother? And I almost wish this movie had been like that more because I don't think there's a lot of great characters in this movie. The one of the reasons I think that Claire's character is one of the better ones is because at least she has a purpose about mm-hmm. her wanting to protect her nephews. But this would have been a great place to go that would have made these kids more interesting. If you just have this terribly mean older brother, and then when the Indominus attacks them, suddenly he has to start being protective. But we never see that. We just have that line yeah. about the mom saying, you know, oh, he's such a mean older brother. Well, first of all, why are you going to... Now she really is the world's worst mom. She's <laughs> abandoning her kids at Christmas to go to Costa Rica for her sister who doesn't even know these kids' names or what ages there are ever, who's going <laughs> to leave it with the assistant. And she's basically left this poor defenseless little boy with a terribly mean, abusive older <laughs> brother who probably beats him daily. <laughs> you were so right. We're rewriting it slightly. One thing, just quickly before I forget, I like it when they're in the Mosasaur Stadium, and like as you say before, like you know he gets excited for it. He looks at his phone, and like his you know fifty year old girlfriend, the blonde one, has sent a picture yeah. of herself, like just looking all mopey. Like, come on, if this movie was rated like R, would that be a picture of her boobs or something? Like It'll that? be top, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, the thing that like you're right, like no way, and I'm, I can't believe I'm defending one of the little shits here. Like, is he ever seen as mean? He's just you know disinterested. He's a horny teenager who. Like, likes older women like that's basically all he is and like it's kind of going back to what you're saying like with claire like how they kind of you know like oh it's sexist because she doesn't have kids and here she is with kids like it's not like jurassic park where at the end of the movie grant has got that great scene with lex and tim on him and he's just kind of got that little smile smiling ellie like oh grant likes kids now like we get nothing at the end of this movie to even remotely show that claire has gone oh i like kids because even the kids like one of the funniest lines in this movie is when they're in the car and they're like, you know, oh, I want to stay with you. I'm never leaving you again. No, no, no. We met him. Like, it's kind of like... Because, of course, everybody has to talk about how amazing Chris Pratt is in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Like, at no point do we get that, you know, come up at the end where it's like, oh, she likes kids now. Like, there's really nothing to say that Little Shit 1 and Little Shit 2 actually even like her at the end of this movie. We get another 15-year-old operator... Enjoy the ride, enjoy the ride, or whatever. He's and my I... favorite character in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Love him. <laughs> him and Come Zara. Come on, guys, let work here. <laughs> him, Zara, and the fat, dumb guy who gets eaten. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they need to have their own spin-off movie with Enrique. <laughs> 
<laughs> our unsung heroes. We're going to have like the hall of unsung heroes by the time this is over. <laughs> Random pimply face 15 year old. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> <laughs> Love that kid. And then, like, when all of a sudden it's like, we've got a control, we've got a, a bridge, close the park, close the park! And he's like, oh, oh guys, oh, we're going to close the park! And he puts in this little book, and everyone's like, ah! And it's like, oh, come on, guys, I'm just working! <laughs> I gave up my Christmas for this! Shouldn't he just be like, there's a code red, there's a dinosaur, and everyone's like, ah! <laughs> like, you know, like if there's a, like, say, you know, please, if this happens tomorrow, this isn't a Roger Moore moment. We haven't done this. Like, if some guy goes to Disney World tomorrow and just starts shooting everybody, and somebody's in, like, Pirates of the Caribbean, oh, we're going to close the ride, everyone. And we're like, ah! It's like, guys, there's a shooter involved. Ah! Like, this is a serious <laughs> matter. Yeah, well, th- th- that leads to a good point, because... In this movie, I almost have a big problem with, you know, Chris Pratt. We're going to come up to it later on, but how protective he is of all the dinosaurs. And yet he pulls a gun on this Indominus Rex and doesn't hesitate. The entire This entire movie, he's basically like, yeah, just kill the thing. And, of course, he has to say that because this thing is a psychopathic killer, uh, as we learn here. Which, which uh, again, is kind of like it is a psychopathic killer. But, I mean, at no point in any of the Jurassic Park movies... Do they generally go out of their way to use live ammo, do they? I mean, even in the yeah, first one, never. when the raptors are trying to kill them, Hammond's going off at them for using um, ammo at the raptors. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is kind of maybe a, a bit with Mezrani or something like that. Like, don't kill him off. Have someone, like, wanting to protect him. I mean, we get a little bit of it, like, ultimately early on, when they're like, you know, you need to use your minigun on the helicopter now. I'm like, no, we need to protect this animal. But, you know, they just yeah. they do full-on turn this Indominus Rex into just... Yeah, and absolutely, you know, it's just Godzilla going through New York or something like that. And how does he determine this by looking at one Apatosaurus? Or he looks at a bunch of them here, but what if this thing was just going by? Like, they even said it's it doesn't know what it is. It's never been out of containment. How does it know it's killing these things? It could be playing right now. Like, I've seen mumps. animals play. They could have measles. They just all died at once, like bird flu or yeah, something. Exactly. It's just it coincidence. coincidence. And he's like, he's gone up to each of them with these claw and gone, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? No? All right, moving on. Yeah. And he's just left a claw mark on them. <laughs> the Indominus Rex is helping those apatosauruses. <laughs> so judgmental, Chris Pratt. Show some respect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just wait, people. We're going to have the same defenses when we do any movie on Charles Manson here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he was simply trying to help out Sharon Tate. Like, just leave him alone. Yeah. <laughs> Ted Bundy got those Let's girls move. to try and get them a scholarship. They panicked okay. and they all hit their heads, all right? Let's move on. He tried to on. bring them back to life when they were dead by no. putting that in there. <laughs> no. Okay. Moving on. Girls Network, uh, defending serial killers since 2018. But still, the voice of feminism in your podcast Hitler world. Was trying to... He- Actually, no, let's stop there, Ben. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> that whole wolf pup story, like, he understands what Owen's doing here. And there's several moments, like even the one here where... um, <clears throat> Sorry, no editing in this episode. <laughs> That, that was the sound of the Mosasaurus after eating Zara. No, uh, some sound effects. Ate for sport. <laughs> it would have been louder if it was for hunger. <laughs> That's how you know it was for sport. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, so when he has the sort of the wolf pup and everything, you know, he obviously understands what Owen's position is. He's not just some fool who came in here as like, I know how we can make money on this. Like, he's thinking about how to keep the, as he says, keep the company alive. We're almost going to probably get this reputation as like, we're just going <laughs> to defend every villain. But like, there, there is some validity to, to defending how we're defending Hoskins here. Even though I think he is a more clear-cut villain, as you said, that death scene for Zara would have worked for somebody like him because he is kind of a bad guy. But at no point does he want to hurt the Raptors. Like, he actually tries to be friendly with them and everything. And even the one where um, – we always forget the name of the the guy who doesn't matter in this. Um, oh, the, uh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> the cool sidekick to Chris Pratt who gets nothing decent to do in this movie. Black Chris Pratt. Um, yeah, because <laughs> Chris Pratt has to have the spotlight and everything. But so um, why is this considered you know, when... racist? Just because he's black sidekicks, a sidekick, like he should be the oh, main yeah. person. <laughs> White yeah, supremacy we... coming in here and taking over. <laughs> this movie's racist <laughs> as well as it is sexist. And they're gonna put him in heels in the next movie, and then yeah. it's gonna, you're against transgenders as well. <laughs> If we really are living in this world where you're taking a kids movie like Jurassic Park that you are going to assume the worst of the filmmakers that they are basically playing out about every stereotype that holds every human being down everywhere in the world. <laughs> it really is ridiculous. But um yeah, back to what I was saying with Hoskins where you know they're say, "Oh yeah, they're, they're looking right at you because they 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 look at what they want to eat or whatever." You know, that's not nothing against him. He's not sitting there taunting me. He's not sitting there, hey, 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 stick, stick, stupid. He's just, hey, how's it going, buddy? He kind of wants to make friends with the Raptors. So, yeah, let's give him a bit of a break. Anyways, he even says this whole operation is happening with or without you. So, of course, Chris Pratt's like, all right, I'm the hero. If it's happening, you know, anyways, I'm going to be the hero here. Uh, when he introduces the kids. Now, why they bring the kids this close to the Raptors when they were almost eaten by an Indominus Rex? That's kind of bad. You can't call it parenting, uh, anteing, uh, uncleing. I don't know. Um, but as he's telling the names of them, it's like, oh, this one is Delta. This one is Echo. This one is Charlie. That one's Blue. I'm like this guy really doesn't. For a guy in the Navy, he does not know his military alphabet. Where does Blue come in here? Should it not be called Bravo? Is there well, a reason it's got Blue stripes blue? on it? So I don't know. It's just uh, it, he he breaks his whole military thing just for this. Uh, I did want to mention though. Um, there, Doritos has this big promotion thing going on. I don't know. Do you have the Jurassic uh, World Doritos there? Um, I saw them in Thailand. Well, I saw some version of chips. It was in Thai, but it had dinosaur on it. So I just assumed they were like, you know, Indominus Rex flavored Doritos or something. But then, uh, since I've been back, I have seen, yeah, some Doritos with like dinosaurs on the front of them. Yeah. So the, the one flavor, which I'm going to encourage everybody to try, cause it sounds so bizarre, but it is absolutely amazing. Uh, is the the one that's based on blue. So it's called like uh, Jurassic World Blue Grilled Steak. <laughs> and it's blue on the bag, but it's a Dorito flavor like grilled steak, which is usually when they have those flavors, like, yeah, I can kind of taste it. Like this tastes like grilled steak and what Doritos. what meat it's- is it? Like, is this going back to our first episode where we're talking about like dinosaur food? Is it grilled blue? Yeah. Like, is it grilled raptor? Is this what they're saying? <sighs> He's going to eat the goat steak? <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter, kid? You know that le- steak chops? <laughs> but it is really good. <laughs> so now they're dumping on vegetarians, too. <laughs> no, in 2018, I happen to be a vegan. <laughs> There's no 
a difference. Bloody hell. Ha 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 ha. That was hilarious content. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, those were from four years ago before Fallen Kingdom came out. Now, we're not going to leave off Fallen Kingdom. We actually are planning to have that released next week. We've still yet to record it, but uh, we are going to do a full recap of Fallen Kingdom so that by the time Dominion comes out next week, we will have recapped the first five movies. And then at some point in the future, we'll find an excuse to do Dominion, I'm sure. So uh, listen for that next week. And as I tease, I mean, by the time Dominion comes out, we're also going to have reviews. We're going to have uh, both the spoiler review, which uh, you're going to be able to listen to here for free. And then if you're one of the lucky few who pays us, uh, we will do a spoiler review as well, as we're going to be moving our spoiler reviews over to our Patreon. Uh, so sign up to Patreon. You can listen at the beginning of this episode uh, to hear how to do that uh, or just Google it. I mean, Google. Google's very useful for stuff like that. Uh, but uh, we will do some form of spoiler review on Patreon as well. So uh, if you see this movie and you're like, oh, I can't wait to hear their thoughts on how Samuel Jackson's arm uh, allowed them to clone him. And now Mr. Arnold is back and uh, he's holding on to his butt with his third arm uh, or something like that. Whatever crazy things are going to happen in Dominion, uh, then we're going to have more talk about that. But first will be the Fallen Kingdom recap next week. And I'm sure Enrique will still get a mention in there. Uh, make sure to listen to all our other episodes we're going to have coming out. We're covering Obi-Wan Kenobi now. Uh, you can listen to that already. If you actually go back about one day or a couple hours, I don't know how long ago it was released, uh, but we cover the first three episodes of Obi-Wan. We're going to cover it weekly going forward, but uh, get excited because Jurassic World Dominion is coming, as is Sam Neill, as is Laura Dern, and uh, Ben will be very familiar with Jeff Goldblum because uh, the screening he has, uh, which you will hear us talk about when we do our reviews next week, uh, he will be within spitting distance of Jeff Goldblum. He is going to a screening that is hosted by Jeff Goldblum, so if you don't hear our reviews and you look on the news and you see that uh, crazy Australian man in New York has attacked and um, attached himself to Jeff Goldblum's leg, you're going to know it's Ben. So stay tuned for all that. My name is Colin and good luck with that, Ben. Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.